Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Yeah, thanks, Pam. It's, it's, it's great to see how he's targeted these really important investments in agriculture and the food supply chain. The goal here is, is to innovate and support the industry and promote opportunities wherever we can. And expanding both local and international market opportunities is, is a really key component of what the governor's uh, put together here. So uh, we always, you know, Wisconsin uh, grows, processes, raises so much, and export markets are really important. So it's important for our state and our, our agribusinesses, our farmers, to always have an eye on the international marketplace. And so the governor is going to create uh, and fund something called the Wisconsin Initiative for Agricultural Exports, and that's going to boost export opportunities for the world-class agricultural products we have going, uh, in Wisconsin. But it's also important, and, and the governor invested in opportunities to support creating local markets or expanding them. One of the things we've seen as a result of COVID-19 is that people uh, want to be closer to their food supply. They want to know their farmer, know their food. Uh, and I think it's important to capitalize on those things. So the governor's uh, funding the Farm to School program. He's creating and funding a Farm to Fork program to build those connections between farmers and and, and, and businesses or entities that want to purchase local foods. He's going to be supporting the Buy Local, Buy Wisconsin program. Those are all really important investments in funding local food, food efforts and connecting people to Wisconsin-produced agricultural products. So whether it's here at home, creating those local markets, or looking abroad, the governor's making investments all the way across the board here. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing, Randy, is something that's been discussed uh, really since the pandemic unfolded. We had that uh, emphasis, like you said, about buying local, but then the difficulty of trying to buy local if it regarded local meat processors. I mean, I'm still hearing from a lot of people that got pushed back because uh, they just couldn't keep up with the demand with the number of animals moving through. The governor is sensitive to that, too. He is, and he has is, he is, uh, been indicating that he's going to put something together to, to try and address that. And he's come up with uh, a three-pronged plan to try to bolster local meat processing. You know, what, what we saw during COVID-19, and we're fortunate, we have an infrastructure that can address some of those disruptions in, in the supply chain. And when some of these big processing plants went down, we have an infrastructure of small local meat processors that could take on some additional animals, additional hours. But even with that, these these bottlenecks were were created, and so you're right. I mean, it, it's hard to get animals in to get them processed. So we need to invest in in our infrastructure, and this will help our rural communities in the supply chain. So the three the three steps the governor's uh, putting together here are number one, he's creating a, a, ma- a meat processor grant program. Now that's going to work with the meat industry. It's going to incentivize innovation. And it's going to allow those businesses to expand their processing capacity if that's what they want to do. And we've heard from the industry that many of them are interested in doing that. Step two, in order to do that, they're going to need talented individuals that that know about the opportunities in the meat processing industry uh, and have the training that's necessary. So there's going to the governor's creating a 
uh, Meet Talent Development Program. Now, that's going to specifically target meat industry workforce development and help provide the employees that the meat processing industry here in the state needs uh, so that they can continue to grow and, and, and build that workforce. And then but the last step in that process, but it's an important one, is that, and you know this, Tim, in order for a meat, uh, a meat processing facility to operate for, for slaughter, uh, a meat inspector has to be on, on, on site for that uh, activity. And we have state-inspected facilities and federal-inspected facilities, and we have state inspectors that need to be there. Well, if we don't have enough state inspectors to, uh, to keep up with the demand that's going to be out there as the industry t- continues to grow, that could slow the industry down. So the governor's made a really important investment in, in making sure that we have the, the meat inspector position to ensure a safe, secure food supply as the industry continues to grow. Yeah, and that seems to be one of the elements that's sometimes overlooked is a lot of these programs, whether they declare it now or not, Randy, will fall under the auspices of the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. When you take a look at the laundry list of items that could be coming your way, do you cringe at all on the staffing that you've got now, the vacancies you're still dealing with, and the overall budget pressure to perform? Well, we, we do the best we can with the resources that we have, Pam, and actually we're really we're really uh, we're really pleased and fortunate that the governor is, is providing the uh, additional resources or he's proposing the additional resources specifically to deal with the meat infrastructure improvements. That's really important uh, because if if those if those investments are made in the facilities and additional people get hired and those plants get bigger and they're more efficient and they are operating and we get rid of the we, we work on that, uh, the, the backlog of animals that are waiting to get through the system. If we don't have inspectors on site, those facilities can't operate the, same, the way that they should. So uh, if we don't have the staff, it slows it down. Now, on the, rest of the, on the rest of the items that are here, we don't know if there's additional uh, staff resources that might be coming our way. Ultimately, that's, uh, that's something that we'll, uh, we'll find out as, as time goes on. And, of course, the the governor's introducing his budget on February 16th, and then uh, he'll work with the legislature to finalize uh, that budget. And the, the new budget will officially take uh, be completed, approved by both houses, signed by the governor on July 1st. So between now and that July 1st date, we'll find out uh, how all these uh, how all these programs get uh, situated and and what that means to our agency. Randy Romanski, along with us from the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. You know, the two other items that uh, were highlights from the governor's announcement, Randy, one of which uh, has been a constant drumbeat since the pandemic, and that's about supporting farmers' mental health and well-being. You know, if you remember early on, that was kind of a sti- sticking point down at the state house. They didn't uh, really even seem to want to talk about it. Now the governor has amplified the emphasis on farmer mental well-being and health. Yeah, Wisconsin's agricultural workforce has been and will always be essential to our, our state's overall success. One of the unfortunate things we've seen, and, and you know this, Pam, from talking to farmers and, 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 and groups that work with farmers, is that you know after several years of low commodity prices, difficult weather, trade disruptions, and now COVID-19 on top of that, there's really unprecedented challenges, and, and that's led to some pretty unpre- unprecedented and significant stress for farmers. So it's really important that our agency be a resource to farmers. Uh, 
and, and make sure that they have access to the kinds of programs that can help them uh, address the, the challenges that, that they're experiencing because they're, they're significant and they're real. So one of the, one of the um, important things the governor's proposing to do is to continue on with that farmer mental health assistance program funding that we got in the last budget. And that, that does a variety of things. It supports 24-7 counseling services for farmers, telecounseling sessions, counseling vouchers, and, and also building uh, farmer peer support networks. That's really important. And then the new, the, the new uh, step that the governor is taking is creating regional farmer mental health program, uh, to, uh, to programs to help farmers access mental health support services closer to home. Uh, that will help develop local and regional peer support programs and, and giving counseling assistance to, to farmers. Clearly, there's a need out there for services to farmers, and, and uh, our, this allows our agency to be that resource to connect them with the programs that hopefully can can get them what they need. Always a little bit more comfortable closer to home, that's for sure, especially when talking about that. And, you know, finally, Randy, we talk about the, the buckets the governor has kind of allotted for agriculture. It's not flashy, but it is good to know that he is staying committed committed to investment in farmer-led efforts like our conservation groups, our watershed folks. Uh, he has got that included in under his budget proposal as well. Yes, that's really important. I mean, you build things from the ground up, and this is an investment in soil and water health. Uh, and there's there's several different priorities that the governor's made here. The great thing is with these, Pam, is he's, he's uh, taking existing programs in some cases, adding additional funding, um, adding additional components, uh, so that we can build on our successes. And you mentioned the Produce-Led Watershed Grant Program, very popular program with farmers, very popular uh, bipartisan support in the legislature and with the governor. So we're looking for opportunities there to get more resources out there, get more of these programs on the ground, because this is a way for farmers to collaboratively address their local issues. So that's really important. Uh, another thing that you mentioned, you know, uh, that's really supporting boots on the ground is, uh, is making sure that counties have the, the conservation staff to help farmers with their with their soil and water conservation planning, something where the state can, can, can step up and provide some additional resources. So counties have the boots on the ground to, to get farmers the services and the help they need in, in soil and water health. And then, uh, obviously, you know, this is an infrastructure investment as well, uh, but the governor's providing funding to support additional UW Extension specialists and county agents, so uh, taking a, a both-and approach to we need people to be specialists and have uh, have the uh, uh, information and resource side, but research side. But we also need again boots on the ground and making sure we have county agents out there because mm-hmm. they're going to provide the technical assistance as well as the research to support uh, producers throughout Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. those are really important infrastructure investments. Uh, those are things that have uh, that have gotten uh, bipartisan support in the past, Pam, and we're hopeful and optimistic that uh, we'll be able to see that as we move forward. You know, Randy, you've been involved in uh, state policy work your entire career. So now we've gotten just a gentle brush of what the governor is proposing. In light of the pandemic and, uh, you know, the, the individual stresses we're all dealing with, 
What can you suggest? Let's say farmers are particularly passionate about those conservation efforts, on, uh, you know, region by region, or they are particularly passionate and have been moved by the farmer mental health needs. What do you suggest? I mean, does it doesn't matter to stay engaged in the process this early on to call somebody, to send an email, to stay in touch on particular issues? Does it matter this early on? Uh, thanks for that question, Pan. Yeah, it, it's great. If people are hearing this and they're interested in, in more information, stay tuned because the governor's full budget is going to come out on February 16th. But it's never too early to start getting additional information, talking to your neighbors, talking to associations that you belong to, and then uh, you know, uh, talking to, to legislators as well, making sure that they're hearing directly from you as a constituent. If somebody feels strongly about uh, those conservation programs that we were just talking about that, that are going to be in the governor's budget, they, uh, people should feel free to talk to your legislators and tell them that, that you, you know, what you think is important about that, because it's, it's, it's uh, really valuable when, uh, when we as policymakers in the Department of Ag or elected officials hear uh, from people who are experiencing things firsthand. So uh, I think it's, it's never too early to make contact, to collect additional information, uh, because uh, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of opportunity to, uh, to talk about these proposals as we work through the budget process, but it's important for people to engage uh, and collect information and share their views.